Hello, and welcome to the Conscious Hoofbeat Podcast. This is a podcast that explores the interconnectedness of our health and the health of our horses through self-care, mindfulness, and personal development, along with a little equine wisdom and wellness. I am your host, Dr. Pamela Maynard, the passion-driven equinologist. I have dedicated my life to the horse. Some call me a fanatic, and I claim it because I'd rather be dead than horseless. I'm a published author and researcher, equine body worker, energy facilitator, and I am passionate about deepening the human horse experience. Join me here every Monday where I share my spiritual journey with horses, woo-woo horse care practices, and shared lived experiences from horsewomen around the world. Today I want to talk to you about parasite control versus deworming. In the Ancient Wisdom Meets Modern Day Horse Health episode with Dr. Regan Golub, we briefly touched on the difference between parasite stress and normal parasite balance. And recently I had a customer say to me that she didn't even know that there were alternatives to chemical wormers. So I feel like this is an important topic to dive into a little more. And a good place to start would be around the idea of balance. I talk about balance a lot in many facets, not just parasite balance. I talk about the importance of balanced feet, balanced teeth, balanced riding, and balanced nutrition, just to name a few. But we can't even have balance if we don't have awareness around the subject first. So my intention for this episode is to bring more awareness to the difference between creating a healthy environment so worms and parasites can't thrive versus the traditional chemical deworming protocols. And please understand that I am just offering information to assist you in making a more informed decision when it comes to using chemicals with your horse. And I want to acknowledge that many horses are alive because chemical wormers came on the scene years ago. However, many horses and other animals too, like dogs, do better on more natural approaches to creating parasite balance. Also, holistic treatments can entail an integrative approach which uses both allopathic and complementary methods when appropriate. From my personal experience and training, this is why I always test everything, whether that be with bioenergy analysis, muscle testing, intuitive wellness, or in this case, even a fecal test. Many times, A horse will test for a chemical dewormer, but cannot tolerate the chemicals. And sometimes a horse will test for a daily feed-through dewormer, but they'll only test for 7 to 10 days, not for continuous feeding. Something I believe horse owners don't always think about is that chemical dewormers are indeed toxic substances that were designed to kill or disable parasites with the hopes of not causing too much damage to the host animal in the process. 
The key to this method of deworming is to find the dose and frequency that works for each individual animal. And that means there is not a one-size-fits-all prescription. Although I find that is how many approach the situation. I hear it all the time. Oh, it's the first of the month, so I have to give my horse dewormer. Or the vet is coming to vaccinate and deworm the whole barn. This is not a tailored prescription based on individual needs. And just because it is a certain day of the month does not mean your horse has worms. Some might argue that this approach is preventative, but from a holistic school of thought, preventive horse care is about creating health, not administering chemicals. I don't know about you, but I am not comfortable risking making my horse's liver toxic if it isn't absolutely necessary. Did you know that chemical dewormers more often than not can contribute to liver toxicity, which unnecessarily stresses the animal? These chemicals meant to poison the worms actually weaken the horse's body and immune system, therefore actually making the horse more of a target for parasite infestation because the horse isn't experiencing optimal health as a result of the chemicals. Remember, parasites, bugs, insects, and disease are nature's garbage collectors. Flies go to garbage. They don't go to a clean, empty garbage can. Let's consider this possible scenario. What if a horse has a parasite overload because that horse isn't healthy therefore providing the ideal environment for parasites to thrive. The worms aren't the first cause of the health problem, the unhealthy horses. Veterinarian Donna Storita stated, chemical wormers are accumulated and processed in the liver. When the liver becomes overwhelmed, it moves out of first stage storage and detox and into second stage, the byproducts of which metabolites are toxic to the cells. Now the animal is coping with the parasite, the toxic effects of the wormer, the health issues which precipitated the original health crisis, which allowed the parasite to overgrow in the first place, plus the second stage liver metabolites. The overall result is a progressively downward spiral into increased toxicity, increased numbers of parasites, and increasingly more serious health problems in general. For example, EPM. Over the years, many horses have been observed with EPM-like ataxia and central nervous system issues following chemical deworming protocols. Unfortunately, most people don't put two and two together. In addition, some of the more popular dewormers are neurotransmitter inhibitors and seem to affect some horses' coordination with repeated use. When an animal has a toxic liver for any reason, the production of an enzyme 
necessary for transmission of nerve signals to the muscles is impaired. Usually, it is only when an animal is under stress and in poor health that disease pathogens can totally take hold. Healthy animals have more defenses against parasites and diseases. This includes antibodies and white blood cells. It is well known among animal breeders and geneticists that the offspring of certain crossings are resistant to insects and diseases. We also know that the intensive use of ivermectin puts considerable pressure on the parasites to evolve into a resistant form. And when you continue to deworm with the same thing that does not clear the parasite load, it just stresses the horse unnecessarily, making them even more of a target for the parasites to overgrow. Dr. Sterita also stated that she sees more cases of colic in her practice in horses that are wormed daily or semi-monthly compared to horses that are not wormed as frequently. Veterinarian and author Martin Goldstein discussed that when dogs urinate after a dose of heartworm medication, which technically is ivermectin, the grass is permanently killed and the soil sterilized in that area. The same thing happens on our horse properties, in the pastures and in the turnouts. I had a friend who experienced a horse who became neurologically impaired from living on ground where an old manure pile had been. It was assumed that the ivermectin had leached out into the soil over the years and made the horse sick. When I used to work the show barns in Arizona, I remember having to deworm the horses in the barns every other month. I never could understand how these horses were getting worms from eating off of rubber mats in a stall. They had no pasture turnout, and what turnout they did get maybe consisted of an hour or two in the round pen. Again, I'm not sure how they got worms from standing in a sand round pen for an hour. And in contrast, I never dewormed my horses when I was in the winter when I was living further north. Because, again, how are the horses getting worms from eating in the barn at night and being on frozen ground during the day? Deworming by the calendar is a very outdated practice. If one still feels compelled to use a chemical product... I always recommend doing a fecal test first to determine if your horse has a parasite imbalance and needs to be wormed and what kind of parasites the horse has so you will know what type of wormer to use. Personally, I haven't used a chemical dewormer in over 20 years and have yet to have a fecal test show up with an imbalance. I also haven't done a fecal test in years because now I just test my horses myself using bioenergy analysis. It is important to remember that parasite loads are well controlled by a horse with a healthy immune system. Instead of concentrating on killing worms, why aren't we asking why does a horse have worms in the first place? 
I am all about creating health and not just, oh, the horse has a shiny coat and looks good. My goal is to achieve optimal health because when optimal health exists, the conversation around parasites is pretty much null and void. So when we are talking about creating health, here is an interesting side note. Under the category of observation came a comment from the researchers at Albion Laboratories that animals with copper deficiency are more prone to parasite infestation. Since copper is one of the main trace minerals that powers the production of the immune-stimulating enzyme superoxide dismutase, doesn't this make total sense? As a matter of fact, it also supports the observation of many old-time cattlemen and horsemen who recognize parasite-infested animals by the fading of the coat color intensity, which is another sign of copper deficiency. Bays and chestnuts will appear washed out and lighter colored than normal, and black horses will have a definite reddish tint to their coat. So now that we are a little more informed about parasite control, I believe the next question is, what do we do next? There is an abundance of products on the market that claim anti-parasitic properties, including diatomaceous earth, garlic, black walnut hulls, MSM, clays, and many more. From my experience and school of holistic teachings, these herbal type products definitely have a place when it comes to parasite control, but more so in a healthy animal with a healthy immune system, or as an addition to chemicals in an animal who is currently not healthy enough to withstand a chemical deworming. Like I mentioned early on, there are many times when a chemical dewormer is needed. When the parasites have overgrown to a dangerous level or if the herbal approach does not work, it, it's a good option. And it is a clear lack of good sense to keep using herbal products when the horse is obviously in need of a good deworming. Unfortunately, Many allopathic veterinarians won't even consider complementary methods because they have seen animals in real trouble when a misguided owner failed to wake up and recognize that the natural approach may need a chemical assist in some cases. Again, it's all about balance. So here's some more food for thought to help you decide what the best parasite protocol is for your horse or horses. From my experience and training, horses who are on an optimal program of mineral support and balanced diet, and what I mean by that is not too much protein, chemical synthetic and preservative free, along with low sugar foods and products, So when they're on this mineral support and this type of a balanced diet, horses in great health probably do not need to be dewormed frequently. Like I mentioned before, I recommend doing fecal checks first. And consider your horse's exposure and how and where the horses are being fed. 
And when in doubt, get help from an experienced practitioner. And I don't mean just a veterinarian. Many holistic practitioners have tools in their toolbox that vets do not. The healthy horses can benefit from herbal support for parasite control and chemical deworming, perhaps concentrated in the spring and early summer when parasite infestation is at a peak. But again, I cannot emphasize it enough, test first before you come up with a protocol. If you choose to use chemical dewormers, do not use them in conjunction with other stressors, such as vaccinations or teeth floating, and especially if the horse had to be sedated, or within a week before or after hauling or going to a competition. I also recommend don't ride the day you give them a chemical dewormer. And don't subject the horse to any other type of emotional or physical stress. Like, don't wean the baby that day or take their buddy away. You know, use your, use your good judgment around this. Obviously, you would not deworm an animal running a fever or exhibiting any acute issues until the crisis was over, Right? And in addition, horses with underlying problems such as laminitis, hives or heaves, or other chronic health problems probably aren't good candidates for chem- chemical deworming. It is also recommended to support the horse before, during, and after chemical deworming. I like to support mine with a prebiotic called Dynapro for several days and I actually feed it a lot a lot and give more during stress. Um, this helps reestablish the beneficial gut bacteria and I would also consider using a product named Excel. I like using that as a pH balancer and a detoxifier. Sometimes boarding stables or insurance companies dictate frequent deworming. So here's some things you can do to support the horse and avoid some of the toxic effects. If you choose to use a daily warmer, consider giving the horse a break from the product during the winter months when the parasite activity and the chance of infestation is lower. And please take careful consideration before deworming a particularly debilitated horse. Many rescue cases go bad because the rescuer likes to immediately deworm and vaccinate the animal that is already dealing with compromised health issues. A health crisis has the potential to be avoided by waiting a few weeks until the horse has started to regain some health with proper diet and supplement support. If your horse is on a daily or semi-monthly deworming program, and you are seeing any toxic side effects, you may want to back off on the chemicals and work on creating health first. Some indicators of stress and toxic overload include reoccurring colics or bellyache episodes, especially right after deworming, along with digestive distress, which is clearly noticeable by loose stools or abnormal manure piles, 
Many times weight loss along with the loss of their top line and muscling is an indicator. Hypothyroidism, including weight loss or weight gain, crumbly hooves, laminitis episodes, dry hair coat, frizzy hair coat, and even reproductive problems can also be signs. And don't forget that horses detox through their feet, so be very cognizant of hoof abscesses or white line disease as a side effect of toxins. Another thing to consider is grumpy attitudes or the lack of desire to work or play. And last, muscle soreness, tying up, and even white foamy sweat are also indicators of toxicity. So as I bring this to a close, I want you to remember that you have the responsibility for the horses that you have chosen to be in your care. I encourage you to research all possible angles and don't do anything out of fear or because everyone is doing it. Your veterinarian should be your ally and if not, find one who is because you are in charge of your horse's health. I also encourage you to concentrate on creating health instead of curing disease and consider all approaches before you make your own informed decisions. It's time to start challenging some of these old paradigms and start asking some questions like, which comes first, the deficient animal or the parasite damage to the tissues? And why did the horse become infested in the first place? Instead of just simply asking, how do we kill the worms? I always tell my clients that they know their horse better than anyone else. So honor your instincts. Listen to your horse. Your horse is always talking. It's just a matter if you choose to listen. And listen to your gut and your inner guidance system. And until next time, start creating health with your horse. Hey, Dr. Pamela here again. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy horse life to listen. If you enjoyed this podcast, then I invite you to enter the Conscious Hoofbeat arena of mind, body, and spirit. Let's mount up and head on down the path of embodiment, self-awareness, inner health, and the health of our horses. If you want a more meaningful relationship with your horse and desire more depth in your life with horses, it starts within yourself. So I encourage you to check out our Patreon membership options at patreon.com slash Conscious Hoofbeat. As a patron of Conscious Hoofbeat, you will have access to unpublished deep dive episodes, woo-woo horse care tips, connection calls, along with behind-the-scenes content from the Riding After 40 project. I thank you again for listening and look forward to connecting with you as we embrace our inner horse crazy journey together. Until next time, I challenge you to stand in your crazy truth and more importantly, enjoy your horse.